0: How are GPS ankle monitors used in in the juvenile justice system?
1: I think that we probably all use them a little differently, uh, but I'm not
0: sure. I don't know what the
1: other judges do. But uh, uh, two ways, really. Number one is to ensure or try to ensure that a minor goes to school, uh, doesn't use drugs, uh, goes to work if he has a job, stays at home when he's not in school. Uh, so he's not out in the street running around. And it's an alternative to to, to detention, obviously. Um, it's, it's a form of control without detention. If someone is, is arrested and it's not a serious crime, um, and I think that
0: he can do okay at home, oftentimes we'll put him on GPS. Is the GPS monitor appropriate for all cases, or is it kind of you look for specific types of crimes or submit certain types of offenses um, to decide, oh, I'm going to put a kid on GPS? It's probably appropriate for all cases. Uh, personally, I don't,
1: if, if a minor, if a youngster is, is on a, say he stole uh, some booze from Safeway. I mean, that's a crime we see a lot. Um, you know, that kid's not usually going to go on GPS. But he could if he comes into court and, and he's getting straight Fs and his mother says I can't control him and he's smoking weed and the only thing he got caught for was stealing some booze from Safeway. Well, you know, we might need a little more structure, so we'll put him on GPS. We also use home supervision, which is a form of GPS without the monitor. So uh, that's, I, I tend to use home supervision for the less serious cases because it doesn't have the 24-7 monitor
0: on it. But actually, it's really good for a lot of kids, too. What are some of the downsides, though, for for a young person or even just for their families? Um, I think anybody who's 15, 16, 17 years old
1: wants to be free and doing whatever they want to do. And if they don't have that freedom, they feel like they're essentially detained, even though they're not detained in a juvenile facility. They're detained at home. So that would be a downside. Another another downside is that um, parents don't like it because they have to pay for it. So that's a downside. But they pay less for that than they do for juvenile hall detention.
0: So I guess you can kind of uh, offset one against the other. How much is it um, to be on GPS, let's say, daily? I'm thinking
1: it's, it's, it's in every Dispo report, but I think it's maybe $7 and something
0: a day. Think we can check that when you leave if you want. How easy is it to violate on GPS? Like what you know, and what are some of the more common mistakes you see a young person make when they're when they're on the ankle monitor? Technically,
1: you have to charge every night. You have to charge your GPS. You have to plug it into something and charge it. And a lot of kids don't do that, whether they don't want to do it or they think they'll get away with it to not do it, or they just forget. I'm never quite sure. I would think that's not something you'd forget if it's on your ankle and it's there and you're, it's a, you know it's a piece of equipment. You're not going to forget that you need to charge it up. I don't think. So, but we do see a lot of uncharged uh, violations. Now, p- probation will usually not violate an, uh, with an uncharge. What I'm saying is that we see them not charged, but then probation talking to them and explaining it to them more. Um, very common uh, violation is using uh, smoke and weed or, or using some sort of drugs. Very common violation is going to um, not going to class or not going to school. Um, less common is probably the vi- um, not misbehaving at home. That's a violation. Um, Probably that covers, for the most part, all of them. Of course, we have the kids on GPS who are smart enough to go out and commit new crimes and then say they weren't there when the monitor shows you were right there at that moment committing the crime when you were arrested. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of rough on them when they haven't figured that one out. We are so lenient, it's not even funny. I mean, we're we're really, really lenient. Probation uh, and the GPS people almost always give kids a chance. A kid won't. Uh, do what he's supposed to do and they give him another chance and they warn him and they sit down with him and they say you know this is what you're doing wrong you need to get it right
0: and we don't even see those cases can does it if you if you violate and it isn't something like say like not charging or or something really minor um, can you get your probation extended or or what 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 is the consequence of of, of violating your your GPS you know,
1: I, again i think all of us do things differently i will generally put GPS uh, progress reports on on Thursdays or Fridays. If I get a report that the minor is violated, I'll give them a weekend in the hall very often. Some of the judges give them um, a weekend, like four weekends in custody or one, various little things like that. That's usually the the extent of the violation issue. Now, if they seriously violate, commit a new crime or... or, or uh, you know, just totally blow it or cut their strap. Obviously, oh, I didn't even mention that. A lot of them cut their strap. They just say, screw it, I'm, I'm leaving. If they do that, then they may get some, some more serious consequences. They may get escalated. I do a lot of GPS between the admission to the crime and the sentencing or disposition. And that, that's for me, that's a real barometer of what's going to happen with this kid. And if the kid violates during that period, then I'm much more likely to send him away than if he doesn't.
0: When you're when you're up there and you're you're looking at um a young person and trying to decide like is this is this an appropriate case to give the GPS, what are some of the questions that you ask yourselves? Like are there is there like a is there like a bar or standard where you're like, you know, if I answer these three questions with a yes, I'm I'm gotta give this kid GPS, or is it pretty is it pretty individual? What I look at are the school performance, uh family performance in in the home,
1: uh use of drugs principally, those are, the, those are the three main ones. Oh, the seriousness of the crime, obviously. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to rob somebody with a gun or shoot somebody, you're probably not going to get out on
0: GPS. But if you're, uh, most of the other crimes, I'll think about GPS. We, we've spoken to a couple of, of public defenders who've said that it's overused. How would you respond to that? If you sit in that courtroom for a long time, you really
1: see How every minor that we have, or virtually every minor that we have, tests the limits constantly. And these are limits that are a little harder than just sending you home. And we have a few, we have placements that we can send the kids to. Um, Some are close by, most are farther away. We have camp, but You know, we save those things, the camps and the placements for the more serious criminals. Or criminals, they're not criminals. They're juveniles who commit more serious crimes. Uh, So what's left? That's it, basically. Other than that, we just have probation. And we can just send them home on probation and say, you're on probation. Well, then you get a probation officer who's got 60 cases and might call you once a month to see how you're doing. Uh, you know, at GPS. We have a paid staff that's on looking at these monitors twenty-four-seven, and they know exactly where you are. I think it's effective. I, I would guess that many public defenders or defense attorneys would would claim that it's overused, but we we seem to have a lot of success with it. So that's it's an option that's it's very attractive as a means to send a kid home. That's that's what I meant uh you know since we have nothing else <laughs>